Hey, Richard Gottlieb. Chris Burns. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great. We have Kimberly Cocoon on today. That's true. And she is the EVP of Global Market Events for the Toy Association, which means she's the one we're going to ask about the toy fairs. Uh, but first, this is the Playground Podcast with me, Chris Byrne, my co-host and cohort, Richard Gottlieb. And we are presented by Global Toy Experts, the Toy Guy and Beacon Media Group. And Kimberly, thank you so much for spending the time with us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm first of all, I'm so happy to see you both, and I'm really happy to talk with you. It feels so good to just connect again. Um, so thanks for having me on. Well, Looking forward to our chat. Why don't we start with how did you get to your exalted position in the uh, at the Toy Association? Tell us a little bit about your career and how you ended up where you are. Oh wow! Well, all right, everybody, buckle up. Yeah. Um, I've been with the Toy Association actually since 2007, and I really just had such an amazing time here. I worked so closely, all of you know, with Marion Bossard for all these years. So when I joined the Toy Association, I came on board as director of event marketing, and I was doing loads of things in that regard. And as time kept going on, it was more and more involvement in program development and initiatives and yes marketing and um, all of the things that bring the Toy Association to life in different ways. So it was there then to uh, Vice President of Market Events and then SVP and now EVP. So my career started out in nonprofits. I was the Associate Director of an Arts Council on Long Island, and that led to association life. I eventually worked for an organization down in Washington, D.C., Who knew? It was a whole world that opened up to me with events and membership and governance and all of those elements. And then way led on to way. And I got an offer from a really big event production and magazine publishing company back here in New York. So I got to move back home. And that just brought me here eventually to the Toy Association. So I've had a really nice blend of not-for-profit, corporate. Those of us who have watched your career... And if you've been in the toy industry since before 2007, if you could single out one aspect of your journey, what do you think got you where you are now? Oh, that's such a great question. And sometimes when I'm asked that, I just think, you know what? I never said no to anything. There was no, there was no task or job too small. There was no task too big. I just wanted to do it all. I wanted to engage with people. I love to bring things to life. I didn't I didn't want to miss out on anything. And that goes all the way back to my childhood. I wasn't a good sleeper. I didn't want to miss out. <laughs> Career. Yeah. You know, in uh in my in my work world that that is a hundred million percent true. I never said no, and I'm glad for that. It was, uh, I've learned so many things. I've met incredible people. Um, I've evolved like the rest of us do. And uh, I don't know, I think that's what got me where I am. So depending on what you think about me being where I am, that's how it <laughs> happened. <laughs> you know what? I always tell people you wouldn't worry about what other people think of you if you realized how little they did. <laughs> So we are at the beginning of September. We are less than a month away from the show in Dallas. How's it going and what do people need to know? 
I got to tell you, it's going great. And it's been a long time. I know the industry is sort of psychologically craving a return to just being together in, um, in a more regular way, lots of momentum. The conversations around Dallas are super positive. I have to tell you, there's over 260 companies that are committed to participating in the show. We've got retailers galore. We've got the Toady Awards and presentation happening on the opening night, followed by, you guys know, the Dallas opening night party is historically great. And now it's got the additional bonus of being able to celebrate award finalists and winners. So I got to tell you, the vibe is good. I'm looking forward to going. We have a lot of friends in Dallas after all the years of being there. And just to get a chance to walk around and see people with their products and talk to them and touch and play and do all of those great things. So it's uh, it's really, I'm excited about it. Um, and yeah, it's what is today, September 1st. So I leave on like the 16th of September. So what about COVID? And I know that we're, you know, we, we just heard this week that there's a new booster for the, for the latest Omicrons and there is concern about COVID. Are, are there any precautions? What are you recommending? So at this juncture, unlike other times when we were planning where there were requirements uh, from the state or the building, there's none of that in Texas, in Dallas. We encourage everybody to do what is most comfortable for you. Uh, we are not requiring you to wear a mask. If you are comfortable wearing a mask, please do. And don't judge anybody who's doing the thing that you're not doing. Right. Um, I myself am uh, boosted and take the precautions that make you the most comfortable and come to the Will a company be able to request that people who come in wear masks? Uh, sure. Companies are always, it is at their, uh, you know, ask. They sort of own their own space. If they are comfortable with you not in a mask, then that's up to them. If they ask and you don't want to comply, you'll move on. It's been such a fraught issue with, with Texas and everything. And this is this is not intended as a criticism or even an opinion. It's just like, what are people going to be facing? We just want everybody who does come to the event to do what makes them comfortable to do their business and engage with their community. Kimberly, I think this year is the biggest change in the toy industry counter since 1904. Of course, the landscape for the toy industry is bigger than toy fair. It appears that the Hong Kong show it's very much in question, not just for 2023, but forever. We have the Dallas show coming to an end. We have Los Angeles becoming a more important site for the industry. We have Toy Fair moving to September. We have Toy Fest West changing its name to Toy Fest U.S., coming into New York in February. And I believe Astra is contemplating moving into February. This is an enormous number of moving pieces. Can you tell us, from your perspective, what is happening and what you think is going to happen? So the crystal ball question Get out the Windex. Get it on that crystal ball. I think that people feel confused, not because of toys. What is going to be the new normal? 
again, that is the question of the millennium, isn't it? What is going to be the new normal? What I can tell you is that, yes, everything has shifted substantially, probably never to return again to what was for so long. We are living through a generational shift, um, the likes of which a comparison doesn't really exist for us. The Toy Association, you know, made a decision to move Toy Fair to the fall for a lot of very positive, important, relevant reasons. Um, how that sort of rolls out for everybody else that is in the industry and on the calendar, I actually can't speak to that. I think as a business, everybody's trying to find what works best for them. Um, and I think we're about to see a lot of different opportunities for people to do their business and figure it all out. There are so many factors at play that I think really have changed how people think, what their expectations are, what they are willing to do, where they're willing to go and look for their own return on investment. So our decision to move Toy Fair to the fall is substantial. We know that. We understand that a lot of the rest of the world is looking at what it means to them and that some uh, have been afforded a new opportunity and others are trying to figure out their our decision impacting them. I'd love to have this conversation in another six months and see how everybody in the world is doing. But we're pretty happy about our decision to move to the fall. And I want to put some historical perspective on this, because in 1903, when they had the first toy fair, the fledgling American toy industry was trying to catch the buyers before they went to Europe, which is where they bought the toys, right? And then in 1911, when the Toy Association was formed, that was still going on. Fast forward into the later part of the 20th century, toy fair was a movable feast, and it's it's consistently moved around because of the demands of the industry. And the reason to have had Toy Fair in the spring or in the, the late winter or spring was because that's where it fit in the production cycle for the manufacturers. And that's always been the key, and that's really what's behind this move now. It's just that it's happened faster in shorter amount of time, and it's gonna keep evolving. So the changes are gonna keep coming faster, and we know people don't like change, but you gotta get with it, or you're gonna you know, get out of the way of the bus, or you're gonna get run over. <laughs> Well, isn't that the truth of the whole sort of, yes, the pandemic accelerated so many things that were already happening. And I think some of us are just sort of tired of that as a truth, but it is true. It accelerated decisions that were maybe in the pipeline or realities about shifts in manufacturing and in retail buying and in the media covering stories and what is relevant at what time of year. Those discussions were not new. Those were in the foundation of so many conversations and the pandemic, the what hopefully now we're coming into the post pandemic has left its mark on so many businesses, toys not, you know, discluded. If I could just follow up on Chris's comment, in 1914, when the US government embargoed goods from Germany, which was the China of its time, they monopolized toy production. That was an enormous shift. So we're talking what's happening now, probably going back to 1914 for a similar kind of shift. 
And guess what? In 1914 and after the Second World War and after the Korean War, the Toy Association was very active in protecting the U.S. toy industry. And those are times when tariffs actually worked. Uh, you know, there was a lot of discussion about tariffs in, in the last presidential administration, but there have been a time when they really served the country and served the toy industry. Kimberly, the Toy Association's decision to move Toy Fair to September really did open up February. We all recognize that those in the specialty business got a different calendar. How do you serve the mass merchandisers like Walmart and Target? And at the same time, how do you also serve those smaller customers? Well, we've always uh, acknowledged that there are many different audiences that Toy Fair serves. Um, we serve large companies, small companies, me medium-sized companies, retailers, inventors, designers, artists, illustrators, students. I mean, we have an ecosystem of attendees at Toy Fair that all have different needs and therefore have different experiences by what we've delivered to them over the years. The conversation, I think, surrounding the specialty market in the fall is extremely important to us, and it's very, very relevant. The hypothesis, of course, is that that which is different now is only going to continue to be solidified. It might be very different in 2023, but that's the first step toward what the real future is going to look like, whether whether we like it or not, whether we hearken back to the days of yore. It's different now, and we believe that we're going to lay the foundation for Toy Fair to continue to be a come one, come all just in the fall. So um, I want to tell you that it's all solid. I've got the crystal ball. It's clear <laughs> as diamond. Um, but you're but not going to lie to us. <laughs> I mean, if I had that kind of foresight, I don't stock in some things. That maybe <laughs> so we are really committed, again, to serving all of those audiences in the way that is most meaningful to them. And for the specialty folks on the retailer side and the toy company side, I invite you to come to Toy Fair. We've, we've served you always, and we will continue to serve you. And the belief is that in the fall, toys are top of mind for so many. It's an opportunity to show in year it, you know, uh, products that you can get that holiday season. It's certainly an opportunity to do the preview work for next year, not only next year's holiday, but next year's spring. And it's a really great time for the global media to come and talk and hear the stories and meet the people and play with the toys and talk about the importance of toys to the consumers. We think it's a win. We're excited about it, but it is going to take time to reestablish the calendar for folks. So I get that. I, I want to ask a, a question to clarify what you just said, because you're saying that it's it's a good time for the global media to come. But that's really to look at next year, to look at what's coming for consumers in fall of 2023 and to talk about those trends, because a lot of things, a lot of companies we've talked to have said, well, I'm not going to put out what I'm planning in fall of 2023 for Q4 of 2024, where people can see it. And I just a clarification that you're talking about the toy trends and media for the, the year in which it's happening. 
So we're actually saying both. We believe that if you are a toy company and you are going to exhibit at Toy Fair, you have opportunity to allow media and buyers and attendees at the show to see what you have in year. And you have the opportunity as an exhibitor to have privacy within your booth space to keep your preview products under wraps. We think that there is no reason why anybody can't use their physical exhibit space for dual purpose, to capitalize on what is available in year. So those stories are current. They are for, let's say, it would be next holiday 2023. And then also welcome somebody into your private area if you're going to show them preview for holiday 24. Kimberly uh, invited what's going on with Hong Kong. Will the Toy Association be marketing to Chinese and Hong Kong based toy companies to come to New York uh, rather than in Hong Kong? We've always welcomed them to Toy Fair. Uh, we have a, you know, we have a pavilion. Um, we work closely with the organizers, um, and we would we always work with them. So that that wouldn't change. I mean, the time of year, yes, is different, but our relationship is open and positive, and we the door is open. I was just wondering if there would be a particular push this year, because I'm not sure what they're going to do if there's no Hong Kong show. I agree. You know, not knowing is part of the pain. That's true. That's literally why I eat Tums every single day. <laughs> uh, but I would tell you, you know, we've not closed the door to any conversation or any relationship. The relationships that we have with other toy show organizers around the world remains strong and positive, And we're all trying to traverse the new normal together respectfully, um, but we're we're open to all of those conversations, of course. We're accepting applications now for Toy Fair 2023, um, so that's kind of ongoing. You know, we're, we're, we're open for business. I know Toy Fair has always been about seeing what's new in toys, but you've always had a pretty solid educational program as well. Can you talk a little bit about anything that might be in the works for 2023? Because it's not just the timing that's changing, the entire what is a toy is changing, marketing's changing, all of this stuff. How are you guys going to support the industry staying on top of that part of the change? I love this question because we talk so often about Toy Fair as an entity, you know, and it's what's happening inside the walls of Toy Fair. There's buying and selling happening. There's product information being shared. There's stories being told. And there's content being provided. And again, all to those audiences that we serve, our educational offerings really run the gamut, right? We have education for retailers and exhibitors, for inventors, for designers. We have a student congress. What's new going into 2023 is we are launching a call for presentations. Uh, we want to hear from the best and brightest in the entire toy community to provide to our audiences the very best, most relevant information. Um, we've had a very strong programming for research, for the inventor community, and again, the Student Congress is something that we're super proud of. We want to educate students about opportunity within the toy and play industry. So the call for presentation is going to launch in October. 
I invite all your listeners to submit an application if you think that you've got something worthy to share. And we have a process. We'll be accepting applications for presentation from October through the end of December. So we will then take a look at all of the applications and we'll make our educational program announcement by the end of February of 2023. That's exciting. I think there's a lot of really great people who have a lot of great things to say out there. So, and and people who are in the trenches, who are, who are dealing with it. I gotta tell you, it's one of my most favorite new initiatives. I've been wanting to do this for a long time. So this is the perfect time. You know, the reimagination of Toy Fair offers so many things, not not only the time of year, which is so substantial, but just how we engage with one another, how we learn, how we teach one another, what our outcomes will be, will be different. And hopefully it will also feed that it factor that we all look for at Toy Fair. Toy Fair, you both know, and your listeners know too, it's so magical. I've worked in other industries. I've produced events and conferences, and I've done uh, publishing of magazines for lots of different industries. And there's no magic like this. The toy and play community is, it's a very special uh, grouping. And I think that Toy Fair really um, is the embodiment of that. And so bringing bringing the band back together (laughs) next year in an even bigger, more meaningful, wider, uh, welcoming way is really my own personal like goal. Back in the days when I was working in PR, I had several accounts and I had a toy account and I also had a wastewater account. And I can tell you that the wastewater show in Philadelphia was not as exciting as Toy <laughs> Fair. The Can only I- <laughs> exception being that they had these big machines that they were selling for wastewater processing and they had girls in bikinis riding on them in order to get your attention. You don't need to do that at Toy Fair. <laughs> well, those days are over anyway. I know, right? <laughs> it's a long time ago. <laughs> they used to call them the booth babes. Right. That, that is a time that is over and done with, and I couldn't be happier Thank about that. goodness. <laughs> hey, uh, will there be any changes starting in 2023 and how booths are allocated? We have a loyalty points program that we've had in place for a very, very long time, which is part of our assignment process for companies on the floor. So that remains. And for those of you that don't know, you know, companies that were in the previous show have an opportunity to submit an application for the upcoming show during a very finite amount of time. We tabulate loyalty points, which are based on participation in the show and membership years and square footage and a lot of uh, criteria. And then one at a time, we call every single one of our clients on that list and talk with them about what they want to accomplish at Toy Fair. And they get to select their location on the floor based on what's available at their time up at that. We do have some new initiatives coming up for 2023. One of them is called the Visual Merchandising Initiative, which is a way for exhibitors to really take advantage of this new time of year. Again, back to the earlier discussion about showing product that is in year, having privacy for your preview, and really making the experience of Toy Fair so much more positive for the attendees, for the members of the media, for the buyers who want a different experience at Toy Fair. So I think that's super exciting. Uh, One of the other things that we're doing for 2023 is the launch of our Reimagination Awards for exhibitors. So we have a a number of criteria, good buckets that people can be rewarded 
for having created a new and welcoming, hospitable experience at Toy Fair for attendees. So that's really exciting. What is the status of expansion at the Javits Center? So the Javits Center did complete its expansion project. Um, we were we were pretty excited at you know the thought of having opportunity to be there. We will not be able to use the expansion space in 2023. It's already. Uh, it's secured by another client. So we're going to ask you the question we're asking every guest on season four of the Playground podcast. What was your favorite play experience growing up? Well, uh, I'll be honest. I was a skateboarder girl. I loved surfing and all of those sort of outdoor things. I played a lot of sports. My brother and I played a lot of games at home, but I will say he had this I don't even remember what it was called, but it was like a football player that punted a ball and you hit it on hit top it on of the head. It. You hit it on the head. I remember that. And I have to tell you, we had, a, we had a very small house growing up, but it had sort of a center hallway, long and skinny. And that was like our most favorite thing was to see which one of us could hit this toy on the head and kick this football to the end of the house. So, oh my you know, God, that is so <laughs> funny. But I loved my skateboard. I, I can't lie. I loved it. And I, yeah, I loved it. <laughs> wow. Wow. Kimberly Carcone, EVP Global Market Events for the Toy Association. There is so much happening out there with this. I know it's going to change probably by the time this is live in a week from when we're talking. <laughs> but thank you so much for spending the time with us today. Uh, thank you both so much for having me. I'm delighted to talk to you and happy Happy everything. Let's, <laughs> let's get back to Yay, happy, happy, right? I'm excited about our future and thanks for being part of it, really. This is the Playground Podcast with me, Chris Byrne, my co-host and cohort, Richard Gottlieb. We are supported by Global Toy Experts, The Toy Guy, and Beacon Media Group. We'll see you next time.